Good. So, welcome to the Rolling Stone Meditation. Uh, it's nice to see some of the familiar faces. We did uh, advertise, or actually, well, we didn't really advertise, but it happened by itself that we had a little leaflet in the Rolling Stone Courier, and I think that has maybe encouraged a few people to uh, to come along, which uh, which is nice. But one thing I was reflecting on, um, just in respect of that, or just in general, why would people come to a class like this one here? You know, you see on the advertisement, you know, meditation, um, peace of mind. I can't remember what we exactly wrote. We just had like a nice little um, thing we, we wrote also on the homepage here for this course. And I think one of the things that a lot of people are after is peace. But one of the problems with peace is when we want peace, we usually don't get it. <laughs> so we have to find out what the causes are for the peace to arise. And I don't really know, you know, your history of, of how long you've been meditating maybe uh, or you know, what your expectations might be of a group like this one here. Um, but, yes, you come with this idea of, okay, I want to become peaceful and I hope there is someone here in front who has a bit of experience and can explain it all to you and then kind of magically it just happens. And... Uh, that would be very nice. <laughs> Even like our teacher Ajahn Brahm often says, if there were pills, like peace pills, they would be very, very popular if something would um, really work that quickly. So I hope that we can offer things here that help you to find a bit of peace. Um, I hope we can um, teach in a way that inspires you so that inspiration can feel uh, or inspiration can lead to um, peace eventually. But when we actually look at the teachings that the Buddha has given, there are certain causes and conditions that lead to peace. And I thought maybe I can talk about that tonight to give you a bit of a bigger overview. Because a lot of people who come to classes like this they hear about meditation and they think meditation is kind of like the only part of the deal, so to speak. Or again, as I mentioned before, you kind of learn certain techniques and then those techniques will work all the time. So now, what did the Buddha have to say about this? Or what does Buddhism say about this? Or actually, I would say most of the religions, virtually all of the religions or spiritual paths have virtue in them. And virtue in Buddhism is actually the foundation for peace, for calm, and then also for wisdom. So these things all fit together. So we have wisdom, we have virtue, and we have peace. They are, you know, sometimes said in different order, but I quite like to usually start with the wisdom part. But now, 
how can we get wisdom? Or how do we know if someone, for example, also has wisdom? Or what we hear if it is a real wisdom teaching? Because there is a lot of teachings out there. And there's a lot of people out there who want to um, just accumulate knowledge, basically. They want to be smart. And very often, unfortunately, the smart people are not necessarily the happy people. So wisdom is always coupled with calm, is always coupled with kindness. So these things actually do go together. So in Buddhism, as I was trying to explain before, it is nice if the wisdom is something which touches your heart, something which inspires you. And that's usually the first step. When you come to a class like this, you hear some teachings that might really touch you, or you might have some experiences that trigger something within your own heart, that kind of show you the wisdom that is already in your heart, like a little seed, and you want to develop that and to grow that. So that is the first part. So if we um, don't have a motivation, or if we um, are not really interested, then it's very difficult to um, put in some effort or to, to actually do something. So that is the, usually the wisdom part in Buddhism that we talk about that comes first. And then, after the wisdom, we go into virtue. And virtue basically means being a good person, having a good heart. And the whole Buddhist path is actually about purification. Sometimes it's also called the path of purification. And you will realize the more purified your mind becomes, the more happy it becomes, the more calm it becomes, the more clear it becomes. So I actually brought um, a little sequence that is often used in the teachings of Buddhism that is kind of like the stairway which leads through different stages to um, liberation at the end, the big word in Buddhism, like Nibbana, liberation. But as you can see, in this um, uh, way here, it does start with virtue. So being a good person means that you're actually going to have a good time. I know that some people out there might be thinking, you know, if I'm virtuous, I'm not going to be having a good time. But you will, because when virtue is pure, when virtue is purified, when you do the right thing, what that leads to is non-regret. And one of the problems with regret is sometimes we don't really feel it right at the moment when it's happening. But we usually feel it when we are, say, going to sleep. So we have done something which wasn't really right, which wasn't really virtuous. And then what arises in the mind and lingers in the mind is actually regret. And regret and non-remorse or, or remorse is something that usually arises when it's a little bit calmer, when we're a little bit more aware what's going on within our own bodies and within our own minds. 
And that's not just what happens when you go to sleep. That is actually also what happens when you meditate. Because when you meditate, you are with your own heart, you are with your own mind, you are with your own body, and there is less distractions around. It's more quiet. So um, the regret is something which can arise at this time. But we don't want to focus on the negative. We actually want to focus on the positive this time. So if virtuous behavior is there, then we have the non-regret. And out of the non-regret comes a joy. So this joy that is described in the scriptures here is actually still quite a worldly joy. It's just like a happiness that arises and passes away again, which is maybe not the deepest happiness yet, but it's already a purification of the mind. And as I was describing, this path is all about purifying the mind. So when we have this joy, we want to make sure that we take it to the next step, that we take it into delight, that we really delight in this joy. So we remember the good thing, we remember the non-regret, and we actually feel within our own body and with our own mind that a burden which otherwise would be there is actually dropped from our minds. And that is what we can delight in. And then it is easier and it actually happens all by itself that we become more tranquil, that things start to settle. And that is what you probably have heard me teach a lot or all the other monks uh, who come here as well. So we want to have things to calm down, to settle down. Again, we can encourage that by doing some teachings and giving some inspiration. But actually, if the work is done, and if we remember and dwell on these things, then tranquility is something which will happen. So we encourage people to also make sure that meditation and your day-to-day -day life are not separate. So you learn all the good qualities in meditation, but then you take them into your day-to-day -day life and start applying them, and then tranquility is something which arises. And from that tranquility, there comes a happiness. But it's a happiness which is deeper than the happiness you can get in the world. So if you, I don't know, get a good meal or get a good distraction or go on a nice holiday or whatever it might be, you might, you will experience some worldly joy. But it just doesn't have the same nourishment or the same sustenance as already the joy which comes from doing something good. If you do something good, if you are generous, if you're kind, and you actually take the time to feel what is happening in your heart, you have to become a bit of a connoisseur for these kind of joys, which are a bit more subtle, but they're much, much more nourishing. And then we take that joy, take it into meditation, and in meditation we purify our minds even further. So we um, purify the things out of the mind which are more subtle. And then a happiness arises which is more subtle and more deep as well. And from that happiness, then we get to stillness. 
then we get to the settling down, to the resting. And then, now the wisdom part comes in, then it's called knowing and seeing. Now, the wisdom that I talked about in the beginning is a wisdom we hear from another person that kind of touches us, inspires us, but we borrow it. We kind of go like, oh yeah, that that kind of sounds right. Yeah, I can resonate in my heart. It makes sense. But it's not actually my own wisdom yet. It's not my own experience. But when um, we go through the process and go through the process of calming the mind, calming the heart, then the heart also becomes more clear. So you don't have all these defilements or kind of glasses that we put on how we see the world. Those are removed. And then we are starting to be able to see things and to know things for ourselves in a different way than before. And that eventually leads to disenchantment and this passion they call it here, those two words, But basically, you can just call it letting go. And that's, again, another thing that is mentioned so many times. Letting go, letting go, letting go. And people go like, how do I let go? When you know and when you see, when you understand. And one of the similes that I have been using recently is the simile of the casino. So people who go to a casino... They want to have a bit of fun, and they want to get some money. But it's very easy to get caught up in this kind of happiness that is very temporary, and in this high that you might get when you win something. But when you look at it from a certain distance and have an understanding with a calm and a clear mind, you realize that you will actually always lose. A casino is built in such a way that you will win every now and then, which will encourage you to, you know, carry on playing, but you know the house will always win. And that is the same thing with the sensual pleasures in our world. They promise so much, and they give us something, but if we are smart about it, if we are really aware of what's going on, and we do the maths, so to speak, then we will realize that probably they are not really worth it or not as much as we think. So that there is other games we can play, like meditation, for example, or being a virtuous person that give you returns. So that is the dispassion and the disenchantment. So this is the person who has, say, gambled enough and had enough understanding of what the process is, and they go like, look, the casino actually sucks. (laughs) Even though I'm feeling a little bit happy at times when I go there, in the long run, it's not going to make me happy. So they turn away, they disengage, they let go of the casino. (laughs) So the same way, we can start to let go of things which don't actually uplift our mind, which don't inspire our mind, which don't purify our mind. And then this process can go all the way to the liberation. So once you have let go 
as I said in the example before, of the casino, then you are liberated from the casino. You're liberated from losing. You're liberated from being drawn into this game and sometimes being compulsed to have to play it. So, that is basically a short introduction to hopefully a little bit of an overview how Buddhism works, how we need a little bit of wisdom and then that wisdom will motivate us and then we start to practice and practice means purifying our hearts, purifying our minds and we do that in our day-to-day -day life and then once we've done that in our day-to-day -day life then we can use that mind which is already happy, which is already purified to some degree. We take it into meditation, we take it into stillness and purify it even further, make it clear and calm and settled. And then we start to see clearly and then we're at the wisdom part again and it goes round and round and round and round and round. So even if we start at meditation, tonight or at any other night and you get a little bit of peace, you get a little bit of clarity, you get a little bit of, of calm, then you gain a little bit of perspective, you gain a little bit of wisdom and with that wisdom you will hopefully start to act, start to speak and start to think in a different way in your day-to-day -day life and then this kind of spiral just carries on going in the right direction towards peace and towards liberation from the things that burden us from the things that are actually not good for us and not good for the people around us as well okay so that's a few words for the beginning there hopefully also to calm you down a little bit separate you from a little bit what was happening before so that we can go into a guided meditation together but I always like to open up here for questions as well. If anyone wants to ask anything about what I've said. Oh, good. All right. So we usually meditate for about half an hour together. So feel free to wiggle around a little bit and find a comfortable posture. Then I invite you to close your eyes if you haven't already done so. to have another crack at meditation tonight.
Maybe you want to take a few deep breaths. In through your nose. And out through your mouth, if that is possible. Breathing in, and then a long out breath. Letting out all the worries, all the concerns that we don't need to take into meditation with us. Breathing in and breathing out. And then it's always good to spend a little bit of time with your body. Caring for your body. Allowing it to just relax. sink into the chair to rest upon the chair or the ground same with your feet or legs Allow them to sink into the ground. As if it was a comfortable sofa. And let them gently be supported by the ground. And every time you relax a little bit more, you trust and let go a little bit more, you can feel your body becoming a bit heavier. And sinking a little bit deeper 
into the support of the ground, of the stool, of the cushion, of the chair. And then you can allow your spine to grow like a little plant grows towards the light. Quite naturally, it almost does it by itself, so to speak. Maybe you want to follow your spine from the bottom. From your hips. Through your lower back. Vertebra by vertebra. Allowing it to relax, allowing it to grow, allowing it to stretch upwards. To the light from the lower back, going into the middle part of the back, not twisting or turning it, but allowing it to align, allowing it to gently get into the position which is just right. Not being pushed or being pulled. But growing by itself. Upwards to the light. <laughs> to the light sounds almost like delight that we talked about before. And that's what we do as well. We delight in the relaxation, we delight in the ease. And then we can move upwards into the area of our chest.
middle of the chest and then the upper part of the chest which branches out into our shoulder blades and into our shoulders and maybe we just want to roll them gently for a little bit and then see if we can find a position which is comfortable where they can rest where the shoulder blades can open up and relax And then we have our arms hanging on the right and on the left. Spend a little bit of time feeling into your arms. From the top to the elbows. to the wrists and into your hands seeing if you find a comfortable position for your hands and your fingers if it's not quite right Feel free to wiggle them, feel free to change where they are, how they are placed. finding the right position so they can be just at ease. And then we can return to our spine, the 
part we haven't had a look at yet, spend some time with, which is the neck. Also going through your neck, vertebra by vertebra. Allowing it to align. Allowing it to feel at ease. can move into our head. See if we can balance our head on the neck just in the right way. You might want to move your head a little bit backwards and forwards, left and right, or even do little circles and then allow the movement to become less and less finding a still point Finding a position where your head can just rest on your neck. Then we can feel into our eyes, make sure they're soft and relaxed. Feel into our cheeks, Feel into our forehead and let it be smooth. And feel into our mouth and our jaw.
making sure that we are not tensing up not gritting our teeth but letting our mouth and our jaw rest And if we spend some time with our body like this, being aware and being kind, then all the tension that might have been there can drop away. All the burdens can be let go of. We free the body, we release the body. From any tension, from any dis-ease. And we gladden it. So it can calm down. It can fade away. And maybe even disappear. As I talked about virtue today, virtue is something which can be used to gladden the mind, to relax the mind, to unburden the mind.
So I invite you to bring up the memory, to remember something kind you have done towards yourself, towards another person in your family, at work. or to any other being for that matter, for a pet, or for an animal. Any generosity, any kindness, any care you have shown. And then to see that goodness in your own heart, in your own mind. And allow this beautiful energy of non-regret to arise. I have done the right thing. I have done the thing which is kind, which is caring, which is generous. And allow that to relax your mind, uplift your mind. Seeing the goodness in your own heart, delighting in the goodness in your own heart, will unburden your mind. And gladden your mind. and allow joy and happiness to arise. If you found something beautiful that you have done or said or thought, 
allow the mind to dwell on it. If you have trouble finding something, don't worry. Even just remembering that you had the good intention to come to this class tonight. To cultivate peace. To purify the heart and the mind is very, very beautiful. You could have done so many other things which might have been a waste of time. But you have come here to practice. You have come here to be peaceful. You have come here to learn and to grow. How beautiful is that? As you learn to see and to grow the virtue in your heart, the goodness in your heart, you're encouraging it. And through it, you gain the benefit of tranquility. The benefit of spiritual joy. The benefit of stillness. and of things settling. So if this is working for you, Please carry on. If not, feel free to be with your body and be kind to your body. Or be with your breath, coming in and going out. And be kind to your breath.
let's sit in silence for a little while, a couple of minutes or so.
And as we draw into the close of this meditation, check in with your body, check in with your mind. see if this has worked. See and feel the results. And then allow your body to wake up. As you're listening to the gong, you can slowly come out of meditation. This is maybe something new for some of you to reflect on your own goodness. Might also be something which is not so easy because it's not really encouraged in our culture so much. We often think that people who think about their own goodness will become proud or it will go into their heads. But if we reflect on virtue, 
it's something which is not going to go into our heads. <laughs> it's going to go into our hearts, if anywhere. And it's actually helpful. Might be a little bit difficult in the beginning, but if you practice it, it's a very, very good tool for meditation. It's a very good reflection for meditation. If it's a bit difficult to kind of remember and go back. Another thing that came to mind for me is that when you do something good, you know, in the moment, take some time to savor that, take some time to remember that, take some time to delight in it when it's actually happening and connecting to the feelings that are there that might be, you know, hidden a little bit or kind of plastered over with a lot of other stuff when we don't take the time when we are too distracted or even if you actually have time sit down and meditate even if it's just for five minutes and see what the result is see what it leads to that's kind of like a little bit of homework isn't it <laughs> Yeah, but please try. Um, reflection is a very, very powerful tool. Because what we think about is where our minds will incline. And unfortunately, we very often think about and beat ourselves up about the negative stuff. And that means our minds will incline in that direction, which is not so helpful, which is not so peaceful, which is not so beneficial. Okay. Does anyone have any questions at this stage? Or want to share if it was difficult or easy? <laughs> no, all good. All right. Thanks a lot for coming along. And have a good evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs>